0: This is Dr. Paul Kilgore. Welcome back to Quantitative Health and so glad to be with you today because we have a very important topic to talk about and that is water and your kidneys. So today one of the things I wanted to talk about with the heat that we have in the summer months across the world and with warming temperatures in many parts of the globe one of the things that we're all thinking about is water or the lack of it and for us In our bodies, water is absolutely essential for life, and I'm sure you've heard that before, so I just wanna put that out there right away. We know that we cannot live without water. So, when we think about water and the body, the first thing that we wanna kind of think about is how much water do we really need? And the short answer to that question really is, it depends, and it depends on who you are, your age, It depends on how active you are, and it depends on other conditions you have going on, for example, other diseases, and we'll talk about that. So when we talk about water and water loss or water intake, the first thing that I want you to think about is a word that we use in the medical community to talk about water that we lose through our skin and respiratory tract. That's your lungs and throat and mouth. That word is insensible, I-N-S-E-N-S-I-B-L-E, insensible. One of the things that we know is that through our skin, we lose water every day. And it's estimated, depending on how old you are, and again, what climate you live in, and other medical conditions you may have, that you lose somewhere between 300 and 400 milliliters each day through your skin. So that's water that just evaporates through your skin, and we call that transepidermal evaporation or transepidermal water loss. That's water that just escapes through your skin, on your arms, your legs, your face, your back, everywhere, essentially. And we know that that's going to happen each and every day, no matter what you do. We also know that there's an equivalent or an equal amount of water that is lost through the respiratory tract. That is through the lungs and through the mouth and the nose. A lot of that water escapes because our lungs are moist and the surface of the lung has to be kept moist. So our body is supplying the lungs with water. That water evaporates as you breathe, as you take in air, that's inhaling, or as you Breathe out air, exhaling, and one of the things that's very important to know is that that water loss can actually change depending on humidity, external factors like the climate you live in, Uh, if you're in a desert, you're going to probably lose more both through the skin and through your respiratory tract, and if you have other medical conditions that require you to breathe faster, for example. Now, one of the things that I want to talk about is that when we are just at rest, we're not exercising any uh, during the day, we do need to replace that water that we lose, that insensible water loss. So, we know we lose water through the skin and through the respiratory tract. 3 to 400 through the skin, the same amount through the respiratory tract. When we do that, it means that we're losing Somewhere in the range of 6 to 800 milliliters each and every day. Now, when we talk about that water loss, we can, can actually convert that to cups of water, if you're thinking in the English system, for example. One cup of water equals about 236 or 237 milliliters. If you calculate from 800 or from 1,000 milliliters. 1,000 milliliters is one liter. If you convert that into cups, we're talking somewhere between four and five cups a day, you lose just through your breathing and through your skin. So you have to replace that amount at the very least each and every day through water that you drink, other fluids that you take in, and the food that you take in that contains water. You actually can replace fluids that you take in And that comes through, for example, consumption of fruits or vegetables. One of the things that's very interesting is that in our bodies, the most important organ in terms of controlling our water is the kidney. The kidney is the central point where we control our salt and our water balance in our bodies. And if we're in an area where we are short of water, our body actually learns and can adapt to that condition, and it will start to conserve water. It will start to concentrate urine, and the urine that you excrete, uh, let go every day, can vary in its concentration. And so that's very important because when we look at the urine, we can actually tell if it's concentrated or not by the color. A darker color, like a darker yellow color, means that it is more concentrated. A lighter color or a clearer color means that it is less concentrated. So we get actually can quantify the concentration of our urine just by looking at it we call that visual inspection so look at your urine every day you can actually tell if it's concentrated or not and then you can kind of tell if you are well hydrated in other words you have enough water or you are dehydrated if you are dehydrated your urine will become darker that's because your body is trying to hold on to that water instead of sending it out in the urine and by holding on to that water it does excrete the other toxins that you need to get rid of each and every day through the kidneys and to protect your body, those toxins do go out. They contribute to that yellowish color that you see with the urine. And the more concentrated it becomes, the darker that color of the urine is. Now, because we know that when kidneys are under normal circumstances, that is healthy, they work pretty well in concentrating urine. Now, one of the things I did want to point out is there are certain things you can actually do to protect your kidneys, okay? And these are relatively simple, but they do require your attention. So number one, stay fit, stay active, keep your body moving. You do that because it helps circulate blood through the kidneys. It actually helps also excrete toxins from your body. One of the things that we know is that by keeping fit and healthy, you can actually reduce your blood pressure. That reduction or that lowering of your blood pressure is actually very important because it turns out that high blood pressure is one of the number one causes of what we call chronic kidney disease. In other words, if you lower your blood pressure, you can protect your kidneys from damage. Very, very important to know about because many people think, well, yeah, I have a little bit of blood pressure, high, high blood pressure, and I don't really want to take that medication because it's just a headache and it's expensive and it's really bothersome and there's side effects too, right? Sometimes. However, if you don't take those blood pressure medications and if you can't keep your blood pressure down through a combination of exercise, diet, and medicines, then we start to get into trouble with high blood pressure. High blood pressure leads to direct damage of the kidneys. Very important to know. Now, another thing that you should know about that can damage the kidneys number two is your blood sugar people with diabetes are more prone to kidney damage and those people who have diabetes definitely need to have kidney checked. they need to have the blood urea nitrogen and creatinine checked regularly these are two tests that we monitor very carefully for patients and actually for everyone in routine screening we look for kidney disease through these two tests bun blood urea nitrogen and creatinine Sometimes the creatinine is abbreviated CR in kind of medical terminology or in a medical chart. When we talk about controlling blood pressure, we talk about controlling blood sugar. These are two key things that we need to do in order to protect our kidneys of course, controlling blood pressure and controlling blood sugar include watching your diet. Losing weight, therefore, is very important. In other words, people who are obese may be at high risk for high blood pressure. They may also be at risk for diabetes. And therefore, and in combination with other factors, obesity can actually lead to chronic kidney disease as well. So lots of reasons to lose weight. Even a little bit of weight loss can be really, really important. So if you have that is a a question. We'll talk about that in future podcasts also on my website coming up in the next several weeks. One of the things I did want to talk about is that when we consider how much fluid to take in every day, This really is a big question. In the literature or in uh, online websites or in many traditional books that you may read, you may have heard of this quantity to consume of eight cups a day. That can be converted to uh, one and a half to two liters a day, three to four pints of water a day. We can actually take in a lot of that through the food and other drinks that we consume each and every day, but it actually varies a lot depending on your level of activity. So if you're going to the gym or you're walking out Outdoors, or the weather conditions are hot or dry outside, and you're working outside, that means you have to take in extra water beyond that one and a half or two liters or eight cups a day. For myself, um, if I'm active, I tend to take in probably somewhere between four and six liters a day. And it really depends on how active I am and certainly how thirsty I am, but I really try to stay hydrated throughout the day in part because it keeps me alert, keeps the blood flowing through the kidneys, it keeps the blood flowing flowing to my brain and it keeps me awake and ready to go. One of the things I wanted to mention to you is that when we talk about protecting the kidneys, we talk about water and fluid balance, the kidneys work in a very elegant way. It's an incredible design that leads to a balance of water and electrolytes in our body. We talked about electrolytes in a previous podcast. We'll come back to that topic. But I did want to tell you that the kidneys are one of the most important organs, of course, that we have. We have two of them on the right and left side. Some people do get into trouble due to genetic diseases inherited diseases or autoimmune diseases. Uh, There are many different things that can affect the kidneys. The things that you can control, blood pressure, diabetes for sure, and weight loss. Obesity can also contribute to chronic kidney disease as we talked about. One other thing that I need you to know about that can damage the kidneys and it is cigarette smoking. Cigarette smoking is known to decrease blood flow. How does it do it? It does it by the chemicals in the smoke that actually constrict your arteries. This is one of the reasons why smoking, cigarette smoking, can actually lead to high blood pressure. It constricts the arteries, which forces your heart to work harder. It actually tightens your arterial system. Your blood flow is decreased, and it's because you have this high blood pressure caused by the chemicals in the smoke. Because your kidneys need blood, When you smoke and you cut off blood flow to the kidneys, it means that your kidneys are not getting the blood that they should. When that happens, it means that your kidneys are not going to be able to work as well because your kidneys need that blood. They need the oxygen in the blood, and they also need the blood flow because the blood flow helps regulate the fluid and the salt water balance in your body. When we decrease blood flow to the kidneys, we decrease the ability of the kidneys to actually regulate water and electrolytes balance in your body. And that's not a good thing, right? So make sure that you don't smoke. And if you are smoking, quit as soon as you can and stay off cigarettes. Very, very important. Now, one thing I did want to tell you about is the kidney and how the kidney works. The kidney has a really beautiful system. One of the things that the kidney can do is actually help regulate your water and electrolyte balance. It does this through a system of tubes. These tubes actually go through a part of the kidney we call the medulla. The medulla or medulla, some people will pronounce it medulla or medulla, either way is okay, that portion of the kidney actually contains these long tubes. And it's really a system of tubing that helps absorb the sodium and chloride, which we call electrolytes. Sodium and chloride and some other electrolytes, like potassium, are exchanged through this tube system in the kidney. And it's the kidney that actually can, in the wall of this tube, absorb or let go different electrolytes, sodium, chloride, potassium, and other electrolytes as well. Very important. And so it's the tube also in the kidney that allows you to concentrate your urine. In other words, you can actually absorb electrolytes and absorb water, saving that water for the rest of your body. If you are in a state of thirst or if you're in a condition or an environment where you lack water, your kidneys can actually sense that, your body will sense that, the hormones that affect the kidney are changing, the electrolytes will adjust, the water balance will adjust so that you actually can save that water. Very important to know about. Now, there's one more thing I wanted to tell you about with the kidneys. Now, I'll tell you a quick story. I actually had one of the greatest jobs in the world when I was a student. I actually had a summer job where I interviewed patients with end-stage kidney disease. These were patients that actually had different forms of treatment because their kidneys had stopped working. One of the forms of treatment for kidney failure or kidneys that don't work is hemodialysis. You've probably heard of that. This is where people go in and they are hooked up to a machine. Depending on the condition of the kidney, they may go anywhere from two to three or four times a week. Typical or average amount is about three times a week, And the purpose of that system is to help remove the toxins from the blood. So that machine is actually doing the function that your kidneys would normally do. And it's amazing how elegant and how efficient the kidneys are when they're working right. We know that we cannot live with the toxins in our body for very long. So if you know anyone that has kidney disease or end-stage kidney disease, you'll really realize how important that hemodialysis is to their life life to their survival. One of the things that happens, for example, when the toxins build up in your body, you become very fatigued. The electrolyte imbalance can be really, really upset. That can affect everything from your bone marrow to your heart to your brain, and it can actually affect other parts of your body like your intestinal tract. So one of the things that we do when we uh, give patients hemodialysis or other forms of kidney therapy is we remove those toxins. And one of the key toxins that you should know about that we remove is your You remember, I mentioned that one test for the kidneys called BUN, or blood urea nitrogen. It's the urea that's actually produced as a byproduct of some metabolism in your body. That urea, though, is toxic to many, many tissues in your body. Many different organs can be negatively affected by urea. So that's why the kidney is actually key in excreting and getting rid of urea, and it's actually excreted in your urine. So we can actually measure that in your urine as well. In people that have have end-stage kidney disease, there are other ways that we can treat end-stage kidney disease that we'll talk about, like transplant from a living relative or a transplant from a cadaver, someone that's passed away and donated their kidney. We can also do peritoneal dialysis. This is where we do exchange of water through a tube that goes into the abdomen, into the stomach, Um, or around the organs in the abdomen. And we'll talk much more about that in the future. But for today, one of the things I want you to really think about carefully is when you're out and about, when you're eating and drinking, when you're at home at rest, Wherever you are, be conscious of how much water you're taking in because you are losing, no matter what you do, water through your skin, water through your respiratory tract, your lungs. We are losing water no matter what we do, and we can't stop it. So we need to make sure we replace that at the very least. So that's somewhere in the range of 800 milliliters a day. So you've heard that kind of golden rule for water replacement, eight cups a day. It may be more than that, depending on how active you are. So just be aware of how active you are and also be aware if you're very active, uh, for example, running or you're at the gym or you're working out or even swimming, lose a lot of water, make sure you're hydrating properly. You're taking in fluids, preferably a fluid that contains electrolytes. Low sugar is good also, but make sure that fluid is containing electrolytes. That means sodium and chloride and some potassium as well, perhaps. Take a look at the label, read that, look at the quantity, and actually I'll come back to you and we'll talk again in the future about how much electrolytes we lose each and every day through our skin and through our sweat. I just did a measurement yesterday on my skin, and we're going to talk much more about that Uh, because precisely knowing about your hydration will make you feel better, you'll feel more alert, you'll be healthier, you'll protect your kidneys, and you'll be able to control other important functions. And you may even be able to watch your blood pressure more carefully and keep it in a better range if you have high blood pressure. So we're going to talk much more about that coming in future episodes, but I wanted to leave you with that today. Hope you have a great day and see you soon.